Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. I titled today's Torah study is true love more than a feeling. How many of you uh, were Christian rockers and you were secular rockers before you got saved and you remember the classic rock song, Boston, More Than a Feeling? And uh, today God covers that topic uh, uh, in the Torah study. Is love, is true love, is biblical love more than a feeling? I know you know the answer to that question. It's absolutely yes. But we want to focus on that today because it's probably the number one message in all the Bible. Lots of messages in the Bible, but probably the number one message is the love of God. That John 3.16 message that God so loved the world that He gave, and He gave His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, the thing that we do in Torah study, trying to unite Old Testament wisdom with New Testament revelation, uh, is help us understand that And in this case, the message of God's love is a message that just didn't start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It starts in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, what our Jewish brothers and sisters call the Torah, the love of God from beginning to end, is the key message in all the Bible. It sounds simple enough. God loves us. Yet, most of us spend our whole lives trying to comprehend the height and the width and the depth and the breadth of the love of God. Is it too good to be true? They told us if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. (laughs) In this case... Uh, It's not too good to be true because God loves us unconditionally and uh, may we all today just move a little bit forward in understanding and comprehending how much God loves us. Yes, he's almighty God. Hallelujah. He's Elohim, the supreme judge, the supreme lawgiver, but he's also Yahweh. Amen. Hashem. He's also Adonai. He's also uh, our Heavenly Father, our gracious God who loves us above all. He created the universe. And we can understand, yeah, there's that side of things. But, oh, a gracious Father who loves us so much that He desires above all to bless us and help us and save us, and deliver us, and rescue us, and encourage us, and just the the love of God never ends. It never fails. Amen? Uh, And so, yeah, for many, that's not so easy to accept and believe, and partly because uh, some of us didn't have the greatest of upbringings and the greatest example from an earthly father. And so we kind of get these uh, wrong impressions, things get sown in us we don't understand how come I can't get this relationship right because we don't understand what true love is because we didn't have a example at home uh, we were watching too much Hollywood and not, not we weren't getting enough Bible to understand about the love of God but God's love is probably the most true thing that you and I could ever understand in all the Bible. He loves us. He loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. And uh, he's been working from the very beginning of time to drop that revelation into the hearts of men. Amen. From the beginning of creation. I I looked up this scripture. You can turn over there with me to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us. Oh my gosh. Even before he made the world, he loved us. 
He saw your face. He knew who you were. Even before the worlds were created, and he looked at you, he looked at me, he looked at mankind and says, what I am about to create is very good. I love you. I have a great plan for you. And your life is going to be blessed if you'll just enter in to this relationship which could be called a covenant of love. Ephesians 1, 4, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Amen? God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. OMG. God takes great pleasure in thinking about you and I. His creation. We're grafted in. Adopted in. To the family of God. And there's an unconditional love that God has for us. And we need to rejoice in that. We need to lay hold of that. And every part of our Christian journey includes understanding just how great that love really is. Amen. Say, God loves me. And nothing can ever change that. Yeah, and so this scripture tells us that uh, uh, one of the key reasons, probably the main reason, that we've been created is to know Him. To build a relationship with Him. To learn how to love Him. To serve Him. And to have an ongoing fellowship and relationship with the Lord God Almighty. Amen? Originally, that's what happened. Right? Uh, Get in your DeLorean and go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve. God created Adam and Eve in love. Amen? He created them to have fellowship, to walk with Him in the cool of the day, to to live with Him and worship Him and serve Him and find out the destiny that God had put in their lives. Amen? They, in turn, love God. It's not clear just how long all of that happened uh, before sin happened. Uh, But... Uh, They had an unbroken fellowship with the Lord. Amen? They lived in a perfect world, praise God. They had perfect fellowship with the Lord. And, And that's what you and I are striving for, aren't we? That's one of the things that you and I come to church for and study our Bible and get involved with all these Christian activities is to know God, to learn how to love God and serve God, grow in God, mature in God, and be the best version of ourselves that we can be under the banner of God's love. Amen? So they had a covenant relationship based on love. Unfortunately, uh, through sin, that covenant relationship was broken. We know the, the story. We've seen the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, so we, we know how it, it, it went. Adam and Eve were deceived into thinking uh, what God had provided was too good to be true. That there was something more that you aren't getting from God, but I can give it to you. Uh, And they believed a lie. And the covenant was broken. But here's the good news. God still loved them. We serve a redeeming God. A forgiving God. A God that loves us even despite ourselves. Even though we get in the way of the relationship with stupid human tricks. God still loves us. And He still desires, no matter what we've done, no matter how things have been going, He still wants us to know Him and to love Him and to have fellowship with Him. Amen? And even all the way back to the Garden of Eden, that became possible through a blood covenant. 
It was the blood that was shed in the garden and the skins of the animal that were clothing Adam and Eve after the fall that brought forgiveness. It brought redemption. It brought salvation. And it brought restoration. And it brought it all back into that relationship. Amen? That still happens today. How many of you were down and out? How many of you were lost, lost, really lost? And all of a sudden, you realize that God had a plan. God had an answer. And it included forgiveness and redemption and salvation and restoration. Praise God. We serve a a gracious Father and a mighty God. You know, the story of Abraham is another example. He came out of a culture and a religion based on worshiping gods of wood and stone. And then he encountered El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Whatever you need me to be when you need it, I will be that for you. I am El Shaddai, the one true God. And, and uh, when, when Abraham's eyes were open and he received that download of revelation that there is but one true God, God uh, took it from there, that uh, initial covenant commitment, and says, I'm going to make you some promises, Abraham, that are so great it will blow your mind. And he took him out on the, the seashore and said, look at the, uh, the grains of sand on the sea. Everything you see there is small compared to what I'm about to do through you. Look at the stars in the sky, Mr. Abraham. And, uh, and what you see up there is, is uncountable. And yet what I'm going to do in your life and through your life is change you from Abram, which he was at that point, to Abraham, and you will become a father of many nations. And all the nations of the world will become grafted in to the revelation that I'm giving you right now. And what does Abraham do? He he says in Genesis 15, he says, Lord, how can I really know that you're going to do everything that you're promising here? And God answered him. And he answered him by cutting a blood covenant with him. Amen? And and, uh, that blood covenant was a sign to Abraham that this commitment, this covenant that I'm making with you, Abraham, should answer forever the love of God that I have for you. My love for you is so great, there's really nothing you need to do. Just enter in and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. And once that blood was shed... Abraham knew that his relationship with the Lord was irreversible. Amen. It was irrevocable. He had an ironclad, guaranteed covenant with the Lord. Amen. And and that, that covenant is built on love. Praise God. I think about Passover. And the Jewish people coming out of bondage, coming out of the brutality of slavery. What an epic moment in our salvation history. What happened then is part of our salvation history. Passover and what God did for the Jewish people is a sign for you and I as Christians today. Amen. And next to the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Passover lamb. The Exodus story next to the story of Jesus is the greatest story ever told. And both stories are awesome examples of God's amazing grace. You know, a lot of times in Christianity, we're taught that grace didn't come until Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It was only grace that came through Jesus. I'm sorry, excuse me, that's not exactly right. Grace came when God spoke to Adam and Eve and forgave them of their sins. Grace came when God intervened in Abram's life and, and made him all of these covenant promises. Grace came when they were under the bondage of Pharaoh 
in Egypt and there's nothing they could do on their own to get set free except that a gracious God and a and an almighty God, a, a, a heavenly Father said, enough is enough. I'm going to come in supernaturally and intervene. How many of you could testify today that where you were at before Christ, you had one foot in hell and the other one on a banana peel? And Jesus Christ came into your life, forgave every sin, broke every curse, and reconnected you to the covenant promises of God. That's a covenant of love. Amen? And, and these and so many more examples are all meant to help us realize that God has always been, uh, God always is, and God will always be a God of love. Amen. Someone say, God is love. It's the essence of who He is. Yeah, He has other attributes, And we can't overlook those other attributes. Sometimes different attributes, like is God a God of judgment? Well, eventually that comes. God's not willing that any should perish. The love of God is so strong, He doesn't want to see anyone die and go to hell. And so He keeps giving chance after chance after chance after chance. And and He's always offering, even through you, His vessel, His ambassador of reconciliation, He'll offer the love of God, a chance for someone to repent, a chance for someone to accept the Lord into their lives. Uh, uh, But the love of God, the most powerful force in all the world, His love moves mountains. Anybody testify about a mountain being moved in your life? Has God ever done one thing in your life that moved a mountain? How about the mountain of sin? (laughs) Yeah. His love heals broken hearts. You live for the devil one one day, one year, ten years, twenty years, and he's going to break your heart. Again and again and again and again. Empty promises, disappointments, dysfunction, all kinds of deception, broken promises, the list goes on and on. And yet when you accepted the love of God into your life, all of a sudden a healing process was initiated. And that love is mending and healing and restoring and bringing restitution into your life. Who can testify and say amen to that come on some that's why his love transforms lives you are not the same woman or man you used to be you have been changed you have been transformed you are a new creation because of the love of God hallelujah he forgives every sin he breaks every curse and redeems us in every way amen and the greatest act of love is when He gave the Lord Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for our sins. Glory to God. Uh, look at Romans 5.8 as just one of so many Scriptures that speak to this. It says, God demonstrated His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, the love of God was made manifest so we could be forgiven and our eyes could be opened and a new destiny, a new purpose could be released into our lives. In 1 John 3.1, it says, What great love the Father has lavished on us. Oh, let that soak in today. God has and continues to lavish His love on us. That we should be called the children of God. We're part of the family of God. One Spirit, one Lord, one family, the family of God. It's one cross for all colors. Hallelujah. Come on in. Everyone from every nation, come on in. Because it's one cross, one blood, one Spirit for every color. Amen. And then 1 John 4.16 We know how much God loves us. 
And we have put our trust in his love. Do you know how much God loves you? You can't count the ways God loves you. And that's why we can put our trust in him. Because at the very core and essence of the gospel, at the very core and essence of our relationship, you find love. Amen? God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. Amen. Praise God. So when we surrender our lives to the Lord, we make this life-changing decision to love Him with all of our hearts. We not only get eternal life, but we also receive the promise of abundant life. And a lot of times people struggle with what God provides. What's, what's part of the covenant? Well, part of the covenant has to do with eternity. Making heaven your home. And if that's all that the covenant provided, and you had to go through life in, in uh, being dragged through the mud, living in misery, and just uh, uh, eking out an existence with no real hope in this world, if you get to heaven, still couldn't praise Him enough. Right? We did, uh, Jesus did much more than that. The Bible promises much more. He promises an abundant life right now. I have come to bring you life. Eternal life and abundant life. And it's all based on the love of God. Amen? Amen. How many of you are thankful today that you have a covenant of love with a gracious Father and an almighty God? Amen. One of my favorite uh, rabbis to read is the late, great Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. And he wrote an amazing article entitled, The Covenant and Love. The Covenant and Love. And it's based on today's Torah study. And he focuses on two unusual scriptures that take us deeper into understanding how the the covenant of love is built and one of the scriptures is in Deuteronomy 7 9 you can turn over Deuteronomy 7 9 and this is from the Hebrew Bible it says know therefore that the Lord your God is God that's a version of the Shema we taught that last week uh hear O Israel The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Now he's saying, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. Keeping the Brit covenant and the Hesed, the love, to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Amen. Then scripture 2 In Deuteronomy 7.12, the rabbi points out this scripture. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep the Brit, keep the covenant, and the Hesed with you, and the love with you, as he swore to his ancestors. Deuteronomy 7.12. And so what's being taught and explained here is that the relationship that God had with Israel and by extension now the relationship that God has with you and I is defined by this Hebrew word Brit. Brit means covenant. And it refers to the content of what's in the Word of God. It 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 refers to and relates to the promises and obligations that are written in the Bible. God says, I love you. And our covenant is based on love. But here he adds a qualifier. And the qualifier to the covenant is based on an if. Amen? If you do what the Bible says, then I, as Almighty God and your gracious Father, will do all these things in your life. And so, we're learning that the covenant of love is reciprocal. It's a two-way street. 
yes, God loves us unconditionally. But if we're going to enter into all that the covenant promises, uh, we got to understand what our side of the street is supposed to be doing, where we're supposed to be going, how we're supposed to be behaving, how we're supposed to be acting. Amen? The covenant is reciprocal. Just like love is meant to be reciprocal. And so when we enter into this covenant, it begins at the altar call. You were in an altar call, perhaps an altar call of one. I was in an altar call of 200. <laughs> when, when the pastor gave the invitation, I didn't look around who was coming down to the front. I just got up out of my seat and went down. I was oblivious to anybody else because suddenly I was being downloaded a revelation that there is a God out there that's more than just uh, 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 the God of the universe. He is a gracious Father that has a wonderful plan for your life. And if you'll come in to His orbit under His umbrella of love and protection, then all of these things will begin to manifest in your life. Things that you were longing for. Things the devil was promising. But always out of your reach. It was always one step forward and ten steps back. And then Jesus came into my heart, into your heart. And all of a sudden you realize what manner of love am I experiencing? How does a ton of sin and depression and hurt and sorrow and suffering get lifted off of my shoulders so I could live in liberty and freedom, spiritually speaking, and enjoy a covenant built on love and go through the rest of my life rejoicing in the Lord because I have the love of God shed abroad in my heart. Praise God. But as I learned, there were certain uh, commitments, certain responsibilities. There was a yoke that I had to take on. Jesus said, pick up your cross once in a while. Pick up your cross once a year at Easter. Pick up your cross daily. Yeah, There's a commitment involved. There's responsibilities that we need to take on. And the rabbi points out something critical that helps us understand how the love of God and the covenant of God work hand in hand. In both of these scriptures we just read, it keeps referring to the Brit the covenant, and the hesed. That's the love. Uh, and this wording, the rabbi points out, is vital to understanding how our relationship and how the covenant works with God. Because the covenant, which is the Brit, the love, which is the hesed, are two distinct words with two distinct meanings. It really could uh, read keeping the covenant and keeping love in our relationship. Amen? So, so what are we saying here? Two distinct things. One, our relationship, yes, is built on love. God loves us. He's the one that instituted the covenant. We didn't dream up the covenant. It wasn't your bright, witty wisdom that said, Oh man, I'm going to offer God a covenant. No, it's the other way around. God in His love, in His infinite love and infinite wisdom has come to you and I and all of mankind from the beginning of time and saying, I love you. You're my creation. I just want the best for your life. And if you'll come into my world, how many of you know this is our Father's world? Come into my world. Learn my ways. Learn how I do things. Learn how I operate. And as you do, that love of God will grow and build and manifest in your life to such a degree that you will be walking as a blessed man or woman of God, perfect in the eyes of the Lord. Amen? So, yes, our relationship is built on love. But it's also built on keeping the covenant. 
And that's sometimes we get uh, mixed up in all of that because grace uh, sometimes is taught is grace. When, when you receive God's grace, you get a card that says you opt out of having to do anything else for the rest of your life because you've got grace. But how many of you realize that, yeah, that grace, if you don't do one other thing for the rest of your life, is enough to make heaven your home, but it's not enough to bring eternal or abundant life uh, down on the ground while you're still around. And that's what we're trying to teach today. That's what the rabbi's trying to get us to understand. Yes, there, there's laws. Yes, God has a covenant based on do's and don'ts, based on law and order, but it really the essence of it all is based on love. I love you so much that if I give you a commandment, that commandment isn't meant to restrict you and harm you and limit you and punish you. That commandment is part of the pathway to the best you could ever get. Amen? So there's Brit the covenant, and then there's Hesed, the love. And it's reminding us and telling us that uh, we have more than just a legal code. It's not just a bunch of attorneys involved. (laughs) But it's the love of God who has a great plan for our lives. Uh, Ancient wisdom defines Hesed as extraordinary or excessive kindness. We serve a God that wants to pour out in our lives extraordinary and excessive kindness. That's the favor of God. Oh, somebody's getting this. The favor of God in our lives. The love of God in our lives is so great. Amen? That we're experiencing beyond normal. We're beyond ordinary. Extraordinary in our lives. And if you don't feel like you got the extraordinary right now, hold on to your hat because it's coming. You can't serve the Lord. You can't worship the Lord. You can't dedicate your life to the Lord without the Lord rewarding you. Because God says, I'm a gracious Father and I'm the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. And the diligent word is a qualifier. That's kind of sometimes where we get hung up. I thought I could just come and punch the time clock on Sunday at 10 a.m. and uh, punch out at 11.30. I did my thing. Well, now you're acting like you're uh, in a legal contract. You're not in a relationship. You're in legalities. Because uh, Jesus didn't die just so you could come to church for 90 minutes a week. He died so that it's no longer you that liveth, but that it's Christ that liveth in you. Amen. All right. Are we okay? Excessive kindness. Extraordinary kindness. It's the level of loving kindness that exceeds all expectations. Oh, Lord, help us like Abraham uh, to see a world that's greater than we could have ever dreamed of. Give us vision. Give us creative insight. Give us a, a, a spiritual eyesight that we can see past the natural, past the problems, past the issues of our life, and see the beauty and the wonder of a world that you've created for us, and we just need to keep on keeping on, keep pressing on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ. Amen? Are you with me? Say amen. Amen. And because of this hased, this love, God will never break the covenant. Even if we do. Of course, no one here sins. But for those of us that get into sin and need uh, to repent and ask for forgiveness, uh, uh, we're encouraged that He'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll never break the covenant, even if we do. And there's more to our relationship that if you do it my way, then I'll do what I promised. That's the side of keeping God's laws. 
If you keep God's laws, what He promised will manifest. But the other side is based on unconditional love. Don't have to earn God's love, it's just there. It's, it's that side of amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And he not only saved me on March 11th, 1984, salvation has continued. The power of salvation has continued. He's helping me work out my salvation. He's helping me fulfill the will of God, fulfill my destiny, my ultimate purpose in life. Some of that I can't even see. I'm 69 years old in a few weeks just got back from my 50 year class reunion and I'm thinking to myself oh retirement looks pretty good and all of a sudden I'm sitting on an airplane coming home and God spoke to me as clear as a, 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 a bell your best is yet to come hallelujah and that's because of God's love he doesn't want me to settle for average He doesn't want me to settle for mediocre. Mediocre is the worst kind of ochre. And so none of that's based on my worth. That's love. That's grace. That's mercy. Because it's not based on my worth. Amen? It's based on what He's already decided. And He ain't changing His mind. I am the Lord God and I change not. The challenge for us today seems to be understanding both sides of the covenant coin. You know, on the one side, we talked about it, we have this covenant of love. And it could be likened to a father, or in my case now, a grandfather. All my uh, kids are adults now. They, they st- still want to know some things, but not as much as you would wish they would want to know. But I've got, a, I've got a three-year-old grandson. And he lives with us. And uh, every day I see him making foolish mistakes. It's not because he's malicious. It's not because he's like devising evil and sinful and stupid things to do. He's just being a kid. He's childish. And so the love of a father, the love of a grandfather, covers a multitude of mistakes. Ever read that in your Bible? Love covers a multitude of sins, really applies in your family. See, there's a mercy, there's a grace, there's a hesed, a loving kindness uh, in, in a spiritual father, a Christian father, a father who is learning about the love of God that will never run out no matter how many mistakes my grandson makes. The love I have for him will never end. It'll never run out. That's the covenant of love. Am I speaking to anybody here, or you already got this down, got the t-shirt? That's the covenant of love. Okay, now come back seven years later. Okay, he's not three anymore, he's ten. Should he keep acting like a three-year-old? Should he keep acting the same way he did seven years ago? How about in twenty years, when he's seventeen? Should he, should he act a little bit different? Should the expectation change somewhat? Absolutely yes. Hi there, buddy. It's nice to see you. Hi, Pastor Jen. Everybody say hi to Pastor Jen and Lion. Nice haircut. We love you too. Yes, we do. So, as the grandson gets older, there's new expectations in their attitude, in their behavior, in their conduct that come into play. Yes, I love you and I'll always love you. But at the same time, you're getting older now. You should know better. Here's some of the consequences. Here's some of the responsibilities. 
This is the covenant of law, right? Covenant of love. That's said, But as the rabbi's pointing out, there's a Brit involved, a covenant involved. That's the legal side of things. That's the side of things that we pay attention to. Okay, if God does have a list, what does the list look like of the do's and don'ts? Everybody always wants to say, uh, uh, don't worry about the do's and don'ts. I think you better worry about the do's and don'ts. You look around our world today and even in the church, people are going mad and reinterpreting do's and don'ts. It used to be taboo and now it's like everything's, uh, everything is legal, everything is fine. Live any way you want to live. I don't think so. Isn't this what we learned from Jesus in John fourteen fifteen? If you love me, Keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Well, Jesus only had one commandment. No, he didn't. He had many commandments. He validated and certified many of the Torah commandments. But let's just say it was just all based on love. Is it sloppy agape love? Is it just a love that says whatever you feel like doing, do it? No judgment here, no, no consequences, no uh, 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 trying to differentiate between what's wrong and what's right. That's not the Bible, my friend. So there's a covenant of love. You can make the mistake seven times 70, and God in His love will forgive and He'll uh, uh, redeem and He'll restore. But at some point, you're not a little three-year-old anymore. Oh, I... did the mic go out, Gerald? The point is, God wants us to live with a revelation of His love, but He also wants us to live with a revelation of His law, starting with the Ten Commandments. Amen? That way, our lives can be a reflection of how God lives, of what God wants. And the number one specific that we get in both the Old and the New Testament is from the Shema. This is what Jesus is teaching in Mark chapter 12. He's making the Shema both a New Testament and an Old Testament revelation. It's a call to love God and love people. Serve God, serve people. Amen? And that's why true love is more than a feeling. Amen? From the Bible perspective, true love is more than a feeling. How many of you know Rabbi Daniel Lappin? He's been to the church many times. We've been friends with him for 25 years. Hope to have him in real soon. Um, He has a... Uh, podcast and a TV show, and he's written many wonderful books. One of my uh, favorite books that he wrote is called Buried Treasure. And he teaches that one of the Hebrew words for love uh, is uh, related to the word obligation. So they're at, at its very root, in its very essence, love has an obligation. Amen? That means that uh, true love has qualities of commitment and responsibility. You, You could say that true biblical love is seen in what will obligate ourselves to do for others. Yeah, biblical love. This is what... Uh, John 15, Jesus is talking about love, and he said, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. When you lay down your life for your family, for your spouse, for your children, for your church, for your nation, and you go out of your way to be a blessing, you're showing the love of God. But I thought there was nothing I had to do. Well, you you need to learn a little bit more about what love is. Love is a verb, right? Amen. In in John uh, 3.16, the object of God's love is not an object. 
It's a person. It's people. It's not a thing or a place. We get in love with uh, Amazon stuff. We get in love with uh, things uh, uh, that are material things. We get in love with vacation things. And when we were on vacation for my 50-year reunion, I visited, we were visiting my sisters. They live uh, up uh, in Michigan, in the lower Michigan, shaped like a mitt. They live on the water on Lake Huron, up by Mackinac uh, Bridge, Mackinac Island, where Lake Michigan and Lake Huron meet. And we drove the highway to get up there all the way along the highway. And I'm seeing all these cabins that I used to remember as a little kid when we lived there and I was a little kid and all these cottages and homes on the water. And and it's my 50-year reunion. And, and, you know, we've come a long ways. 50 years later and there's a side of me that's kind of like oh, oh man I could I could use a cottage like that and get away for like a sabbatical for like 3 months or 3 years or, or the rest of my life <laughs> but the love of God that's been shed abroad in my heart won't let me just go take a, a seat on the bench I'm cashing in my helmet. I'm turning in my mitt. Here's my uniform. I'm heading to the clubhouse. Not sure how that plays in heaven. Not sure how God responds to that. I I really think that's why God wipes away every tear when we get to heaven. Because the tears are generated based on here's what I was doing. Here's what I could have been doing. Here's what I have become to this point. Here's what I could have become if I would have just pushed myself and went a little bit further with the Lord. Amen? That's the love of God motivating us and inspiring us. Not just to come to church and praise the Lord and love God. That's the easy part. Loving people, that's the hard part. I got brothers and sisters. That's the hard part. (laughs) Oh, your brothers and sisters are all perfect. (laughs) No dysfunction there. So our love is demonstrated in a big way by our level of giving, by our level of serving. Amen? And this is what uh, we're being taught from the Lord Jesus when He says, I am giving a new commandment to you now, Love each other just as much as I love you. Just as much as I love you, begin to love one another. Amen? Your strong love for each other will prove to the world you're my disciples. Man, we all got a little more work we could do on that Scripture. Amen? We could all do a little bit more to be a blessing, to show a little more kindness, to do what we learned earlier about extraordinary kindnesses. Amen? This is what the Bible calls agape love. And it's the highest love there is. We see on television all the time about eros love, erotic love, sensual love. And, and that's what uh, the world has. In it. That's what love is. No, my friend, that's not love. That's something else. That's being in heat. Because love has an obligation. Love makes commitments. Love goes out of their way to sacrifice for the benefit of someone else. Isn't that what Jesus did? And we need to remind ourselves of that. Amen? You don't love somebody for what you can get out of it. That's why people get divorced. Because the love is based on, What's in it for me? Our love, we're learning how to make our love selfless, not selfish. Amen? And so it's God working through us, agape love, that causes us to see others with respect, 
To see others with honor. To see others with esteem. This is why cancel culture and the war in, uh, of the culture in, in America right now, it's the devil behind the scenes trying to inflame everybody and just everybody's just offended at the, uh, the, the, the easiest thing. And we bring those offenses into church and we're ticked off, we're pissed off, we're just mad, we got an angry spirit. The pastor brings up one scripture that you don't like and the next thing you do you miss the rest of the sermon and you got an argument going on and you go that ain't right how was your day in church oh fine so uh, I got to get you out of here but how many of you have ever read the book the five love languages by Gary Chapman very good book Uh, He gives us five ways to express our love. Very practical. Each has many variations, but uh, it's just part of uh, living out the covenant of love. Number one, words of affirmation. Amen? How many of you grew up uh, with criticism? That's the only thing you ever heard in your life was you were constantly criticized by your dad and your mom and your family and your teachers and your friends and you carry that around God has words of affirmation for you today I love you your best is yet to come nothing is impossible if you'll stay in faith and believe me for the best Uh, And when you hear those kind and you feed yourself those words of affirmation, self-affirmation, all of a sudden uh, everything starts tipping in your favor because you start seeing the world the way God sees it. Your best is yet to come. Number two, quality time. How do you spell love, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa? How do you spell love, T-I-M-E? Time. Being there for others makes them feel loved. And you're spreading the love of God. Number three, giving of gifts. Everybody loves to receive presents and a gift will make room for you in that relationship. If something's a little bit uh, stressed, I I would consider stopping by, buying a little gift, putting it in a pretty bag and say, look, I don't know what's going on in our relationship, but I love you and here's a little gift, here's a gift card, enjoy it, be blessed. I love you, God loves you and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Number four, acts of service. When you step up and serve others out of love, you're sending a message to that person, that organization, uh, that I love you so much, I'm willing to bless you with my time, my talent, and my treasury. And finally, physical touch. Everybody needs a hug now and again. They say my wife gives great hugs. <laughs> I agree. She gives great hugs. Every every one of us needs a pat on the back once in a while. God love you guys. You're faithful. You're loyal. You're dedicated. You're devoted to the things of God. You're devoted to new beginnings. You're devoted to learning about this covenant of love. You want to show your care. You want to show your concern. And if, if we'll stay motivated to do these type of things, we're going to experience the very best life. Because we're going to be expressing the love of God. And, and out of that, God will reward you in return with the very best, with your family, your friends, uh, with your relationship with Him. And that's something we should all want in our lives. Do you want that today? If you do, give the Lord a big hand clap. Amen. God bless you. Have a great morning, a great day in church. Praise God.